Welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students can learn how to best prepare themselves for the future of work. Each episode features an interview with an Ismaili at the leading edge of their field and is available in a podcast format and on the Ismaili TV. Hey everybody, Yali Madat. Welcome to Careers of the Future. We're a show for students like me that helps students learn about the future of their careers and how they can better prepare for them. Today, we'll be talking about entrepreneurship, so how to start a company, and we'll be speaking with Ali Madhavji. Ali works at Blockchain Founders Fund, and he's one of the managing partners there, and Blockchain Founders Fund is a venture capital firm. So a venture capital firm basically just takes sums of money and takes advice and helps give these to early stage companies to help them succeed within the world today. He also not only works there, but he also works at the UN as a consultant, helping them learn about exponential technologies and how they can use these technologies to end up solving some of the world's biggest problems. I'll stop the talking for now, but uh, hey, Ali, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me here. And I'm thrilled to be sharing insights with incredible young uh, change makers in the Ismaili community and aspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah, thanks for coming. I guess the first thing I want to do is how about you just elaborate a little bit more about the work you do, maybe give some specific projects so we can give the audience some context of what it is that you do. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So in terms of what we do on Blockchain Founders Fund and, and ScaleX Ventures, there's sort of three uh, main things, right? So the first is actually uh, helping support uh, early stage companies uh, from our investment side. So looking at you know, and finding the youngest, brightest, um, you know, entrepreneurs as well as experienced entrepreneurs um, or aspiring entrepreneurs and actually helping to uh, double down and help their vision become a reality. And that's usually a combination of capital as well as uh, advice and insights, um, as well as our team supporting them in a, in a fairly hands-on way. And across our, our portfolio, We've got companies across ed tech, so education technology, financial technology, or fintech, um, but even companies in the media and entertainment space, supply chain, gaming, all sorts of uh, really, really exciting uh, sectors. And uh, we also have invested in several other funds as well, including a fund called Loyal VC, where we're on the investment committee there. Um, And so between those two, we have well over 100 portfolio companies. And then we also just recently invested in one of Tim Draper's funds, who's in, who's an early investor in PayPal, Tesla, uh, many other companies, and we're one of the uh, inaugural strategic LPs, uh, limited partners on on that new fund. And then, as you mentioned, uh, the second part that we're focused on is is our uh, consulting work, where we do work with organizations, including the United Nations, and that's helping to really look at how emerging technologies. Uh, you know, such as blockchain or AI, uh, you know, artificial intelligence can actually help to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals um, and really, you know, help change uh, and transform, you know, countries or regions uh, by using these technologies to solve some of the biggest challenges uh, that exist. And we also work with, you know, educational institutions such as INSEAD, which is one of the leading business schools in the world. And then finally, uh, we've got our venture program where we actually work uh, extremely hands-on with even earlier stage entrepreneurs, almost like our version of an accelerator. Um, And we actually support uh, 
you know, founders that have maybe from anywhere from idea stage to uh, really starting to get some product traction and market traction um, on, on their idea. And we actually help them sort of go through that whole process uh, to really turn their ideas into reality. Okay, interesting. And so I kind of want to expand on that last piece that you were talking about. When you see very, very early stage, like take an idea to then the, the product and then take it to the actual market. Through, throughout this process, what would you say you generally see is like the most important thing or the most important qualities that these founders have that students my age can start to develop now to actually become more successful when they're taking their idea from the idea stage to the market stage? Yeah, so, so this is actually a really great question. And there's a couple of parts, right? You said things that you could learn now so that, you know, you get there in the future. We actually have, uh, you know, entrepreneurs that approach us from all sorts of ages. Um, you know, I think it's anywhere from 13 years old so far that we've had entrepreneurs, um, you know, come to us uh, with their ideas and sort of what they're working on. So you can be any age. Uh, it's not something that's always, you know, way down in the future. It can be, though, of course. Um, but you know, there, there is several things that we're very focused on. And I guess, first off, I'll start off. We look at about 90 different things when we're analyzing a company, right? So everything from the idea, understanding the problem and how important or how big of a problem that is and how, how much is that solution really solving that problem that, that you're trying to solve. We're looking at things like who the team is and, and what sort of experience they have or what sorts of indications we can get around resiliency and dedication to, to solving this um, and their ability to sort of break down that problem and find solutions for some of those, you know, micro problems that we call them. And then we're even looking at things like how defensible is the solution and, and how do you sort of protect against, you know, competitors, how many competitors are there, all sorts of other things that we're looking at as part of that. But at the end of the day, I think one of the most important things that we look at that is, is oftentimes even quite different from, from others is we're looking at actually how coachable our founders are. And so that's actually really important to us because we work so hands-on with the founders. And, and, and coachability is very important. It doesn't mean that you agree with everything that we say, but you do need to look at an intellectual way of you know, approaching things and, and, and analyzing advice and breaking down and uh, approaches on how to actually solve those problems that help you get from where you are to actually taking the product to market and monetizing. And so a big part of this then as part of coachability is then trying to help put some of the best people, you know, in the world around your field or that can actually help the company to really get to where it needs to go. So there's a number of different factors that you know, we're looking at pretty, pretty uh, intensely uh, with our founders to actually help them get to uh, get, you know, advance their product stages. Uh -huh. And when you talked about one of the things being experience, a lot of kids our age might not have all the experience in like all these technologies that we want to start companies in, or just generally, but ideas, what's the best way for us to start to gain experience now, so that, you know, we can actually hopefully then end up like taking the idea, working on it, et cetera. Uh, absolutely. So there, there's a few sort of critical things and, and ways that we break this down, right? The one thing that I would say stands out among great leaders um, is really being able to identify where are your weak points and how do you supplement that? So that's 
one key thing to know, right? So if you're not the most experienced on, say, the technical front, and you're aware of that, you can actually solve that problem by finding someone else that's very experienced in that and bringing them in, whether that's, you know, directly on the team or as an advisor to help sort of guide you on specific aspects, right? So that's always important to note when you're looking at any problem uh, is, you know, understanding where are your gaps and then what do you need to sort of supplement. The other parts when we sort of look at that is, you know, really about how do you get a very broad set of experiences to start to open up your mind at like different possibilities of solutions and different experiences, right? Because that all sort of comes together later on. And so as a student, you know, if you're not, say, moving into entrepreneurship right away, it's then looking at how do you start to gain those skills. And ideally, you know, part of this comes from an academic sense, right? You're going to learn about, you know, finance and marketing and, you know, maybe some strategy and, and maybe entrepreneurship and things in a classroom setting. And we sort of look at that as five to 10% of the solution. And then the next part is, well, how do you go and start to get experience on it? And this is where, you know, the best thing you can do, I think, at an early age is find, you know, key mentors that you can learn from or even key experiences, maybe internships, other things in your summer, maybe if you're able to manage multiple things while you're in school. But, you know, finding key people that you can learn a lot from in a context of really, you know, some sort of, some sort of company or idea or, you know, personal sort of hobby that you're just very passionate about learning on. And then find that and, and, you know, work at that and try to, you know, absorb as much as you can from, you know, an incredible sort of mentor or, you know, boss in that sort of context. Okay. And so when I'm thinking about a lot of like my smiley friends and a lot of these smiley people that I know my age, one thing I'm generally thinking about is let's just say we don't have a, a passion or like something we know that we're interested in what's the best way to develop that passion or like that interest? Because once I develop a passion, it's easier to find mentors. It's easier to know what I want to do in the future. But what if we, we don't necessarily have that, then what's like the best way to get that? Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good question. This is something that, you know, even myself when I was much younger, you know, struggled with. And I think um, this is actually just a very natural part of, you know, I think growing up and, and, you know, not always seeing, the entire world and, and, and all the different possibilities. And it's always a learning exercise, right? Like even for myself, every single day, I'm learning about, you know, new parts of industries and new problems that exist. And so I think there's a couple of things here, right? So one, of course, is, you know, all of the stuff that you're already going to get from, from school. And that's sort of like one aspect. The second aspect is, you've got now the world's best resources all at your fingertips, right? So with the internet, with YouTube, with all of these different things, you can waste a lot of time on these things, but you can also learn a ton of things on here depending on how you use it. And there's so many fascinating things to, to learn. Um, and so one of the things that we actually do, even in our company, is every week we actually curate content from someone that's the best in the world at what they do. And this is actually a really interesting exercise. And we actually take that time, everyone on our team will watch or read that content, and then we'll discuss it as a team. And it's something that's, you know, can be pretty valuable to any student is just even identifying five people or 10 people that you sort of really look up to or industries that you really want to learn about, 
find who the best in the world is and then start watching and, and, and listening to sort of what they're saying and what they're doing and try to learn from it. Again, doesn't mean you need to agree with everything they say, but it's a very good way to learn from some of the best people in the world. And this is something that's very unique because, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't do this in the way that you can now. And now you've got access, you know, of course, to teachers in your school, but you've got access to the best teachers in the world at pretty much any field in the world. And that's something that's quite fascinating to take advantage of. And then the third part I would say is actually just having good mentors that open up your mind. And I can touch even on if, if you'd like later on about, you know, how we categorize mentors, but, you know, more broad mentors that can help just open up your mind on like different possibilities that then give you areas to start looking into um, and, and learning more about. So kind of to elaborate on that piece, I was wondering if you could talk more about the opportunities within the industries that you're looking into. So I know that you you look and talk to so many companies. So for somebody like me or a student like me, if I am trying to look for opportunities, what are some of the big opportunity places that I can look into within some of these industries as well as like all the technologies that I can start researching into like as soon as this interview is done? I think the big thing and the big value add um, and the way to sort of navigate um, in your career is ensuring that you're doing things where you're always being dynamic, providing advice, thinking outside of the box and learning about how to go that extra mile on things that can't be, you know, programmed and automated. I mean, it's, it's very easy in the, in the future and already today to, you know, automate, say, like basic accounting and bookkeeping. And that's not even in, in most cases what accountants even do anymore because a lot of this is already supported so much by programs and automation. And so it's about how do you think outside the box? How do you create extra value? How do you understand problems that people are facing and then find innovative solutions or how to get to those solutions uh, and help them get to those solutions? And so um, a big part, I think, is just being able to critically think and be agile and then ask and learn about problems and then try to figure out how to solve them. And if you can do that very effectively, you can't be replaced because you're always in a more dynamic way that's sort of required in, in any sort of uh, system or world, however that evolves. What's that first step I take to like, identify a problem in the first place in like, all these different industries? Yeah, that's a, it's a really, really good question. And actually, the good thing is the world's full of problems, right? And so a, a big thing is just talking to people and trying to learn about what sorts of problems they're having and how severe those problems are, right? And even in your own everyday lives, I mean, there's so many problems that you probably encounter and don't even look at them as problems, right? Like, like there's there's many things. Like, why can't school systems be more efficient, right? Why can't you know, learning be made more digital or use other sorts of forms of technology to be more immersive and more engaging, right? Like even in your everyday life, there's going to be so many things that can be impacted and create even more value, right? And that's going to that's gonna happen across everything you do with anything from personal life, education, professional life. There's always problems. And the thing is, most people are going to ignore those problems. They're going to say, that's the way the world works or that's just the way the system works. And if you're there 
being attentive and aware of these problems and then even talking to other people and being like, is that something that you think is a problem? Like how big of a problem is that? What is the value or what are the different ways of solving it? What is the value of those solutions to solve those problems? And you'll start to very quickly learn that, you know, problems are very abundant. There's a lot of people that have them. They're, they're all over. And once you start figuring out how important it is to start solving these or how much would someone pay for it or how, how much time is it going to save them by solving this problem or is it life-threatening? Is it going to solve, you know, on that side? And so as you sort of learn all of these things, then you can start to think about solutions. And, in, and the interesting and funny thing in most cases are a lot of the people with problems will also probably know potential solutions. And you can talk to them and brainstorm. And as you talk to different people, it'll start to form solutions on its own. And then someone's just got to put that together and figure out how to maybe build that or put it together and make sure it's scalable and, and can apply to different people with that problem, right? So that's a, a big part of it. Of course, you want to always know like how, how so widespread is that problem across how many people what is the value of that problem? There's different things that you'll ask along the way. But this, this, is, uh, this is at every stage of, of life development, at every age, there's tons of things that can be solved and, and, and created. And this is sort of the exciting part about entrepreneurship and just finding what you're passionate about and, and, and having those conversations and then being able to see that you know, solution roll out and that value creation in, in real time in, in most cases. Okay, so we actually have an advantage in in some senses because we're just 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 because of the fact that we're kids, we have like our own subset of problems as well. Like we don't need to wait until like a bunch of years later to try to find all these problems. There's like problems that we have that like we actually have an advantage to our solving just because of the the mindset that we view like life on, just because of the fact that we're kids. Exactly, right? And I think it's like that for every age group, right? There's going to be different advantages and disadvantages. And of course, there's going to be disadvantages as well on, you know, experience on creating these sorts of solutions, whether that's tech or product uh, development, etc. But you can start to supplement and include individuals around you that have some of that experience that can help guide you, help learn from uh, to avoid those mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And so I know before we talked about like reaching out to people and the mentors, et cetera, for someone or for someone who has an idea, let's just say they found an idea or that they want to start solving or like a, some sort of problem that they want to find a solution towards, but they need another person to solve the solution with, because obviously let's say they're not like, they might not be the most technical person. How do you start to engage in those conversations, especially like today's world? Like we can't obviously go to conferences, or just like show up at events because of COVID, et cetera. So how do we start to, actually like put ourselves out there and talk to these people who can help us take our ideas forward, et cetera, if we don't have all the knowledge. Yeah. So, so the good thing is I think it's, it's easier than ever now. And actually I would almost say in certain cases, COVID's actually made it even easier because now you can access anyone sort of all over the world. That's an expert. And there, I find that, you know, from our experience, it's even easier to connect with people right now during COVID um, that, you know, otherwise probably wouldn't have been available. So we are seeing that still. Um, one of the, the things that you can do is just leverage the internet. Go on LinkedIn, find experts in that field, send them a, a message, tell them what you're working on, tell them you'd love, you know, for some insights in a 15-minute chat or you'd love to send them some details 
over email and, and, and get their thoughts and, and advice because, you know, they have so much experience in the field. Um, and, and as you start to do that, you'll start to be able to almost create your own board of directors, which is actually really important a, a, as a concept, right? So if you think about how a company runs, right? Over time, you'll put together all these advisors, you'll start to put together, you know, your board of directors, and they're going to help guide the success of the company. And so as an individual, like you should almost have a very similar way of approaching it, right? Like you're not going to be successful on your own. No one, no one ever, you know, does it on their own. And so how do you start to create your own board of directors, your own set of advisors or mentors, and then people that can help guide you? Your parents are, 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 are two of those, but may not share the same passions or interests and be able to help you in the way on your professional career in, in, in a lot of cases. But you can start to supplement and, and add in other advisors along the way that you can trust, that you can um, learn from their mistakes, their experiences to help you sort of uh, go forward, you know, further and, and, and faster. And so being able to start assembling that and reaching out is, is a good way. We usually break down, by the way, mentors um, in three ways. I talk about this in, in one of my books that's focused on, uh, you know, helping students uh, in university or students going to university. And so the three ways that we sort of break it down is finding someone that, you know, shares some similar interests, um, you know, maybe a year or two ahead of you or like starting to go down some path a year or two ahead of you. So like, let's say you're a, a student in, in, in high school, grade 10, 11, 12, you might want to connect with someone who's just gone through the process, selecting universities, just started university, maybe in a program that you're interested in, right? Very valuable insights that you can learn from someone that's a couple years out. Then the next stage of mentors is going to be someone that's, you know, five, six, seven years out. Maybe it's someone that's in fourth year applying to jobs in, in university, applying to jobs or creating their own career as an entrepreneur and what that sort of process is like. Like how are they going through that? What are they thinking about? What's going well? What's not going well? And, and being able to learn from them. Maybe they just started their career as well, right? So it could be sort of any part of that range. And then the third mentor is someone that's just much more experienced. Maybe 15, 20 years of experience, or even anywhere from, you know, five to 25 years, 30 years of experience that can just give you, you know, things to sort of look at, things to avoid, bigger sort of macro problems and ways to look at things. Um, and that sort of guidance will be really, really helpful. And, and the thing is, it's, it's not that hard. Most people are willing to help and, and, and share, you know, for people that they see as, as promising, people that are interested in in learning and have sort of that hunger and desire to do better. And they'll see part of themselves, you know, in you in some ways. And so it's, it's very good and important to just, you know, ask and reach out and, and start building that sort of board of advisors on your own. Okay. And so to kind of just sum that up for someone my age watching, if I was to find an idea or find something or just in general, I, maybe I have a passion, et cetera, you'd suggest reaching out to mentors and developing this type of board of advisors for yourself. This way, you know, you have the knowledge from people who have worked in the field. So it's not just you going into this, because uh, obviously you, you're, you might not be the most experienced person, but you're saying reach out to these people because they'd actually be willing to more than not willing to. And you, you're not wasting their time. You're actually just reaching out to help yourself. And by reaching out to these people, you develop a board of advisors for yourself. And then you can use this board of advisors to help you 
with finding your passion, with helping accelerate the ideas that you have. Kind of like a board of advisors helps a company accelerate their ideas. This board of advisors can help you in your entrepreneurial journey and just in your passion in life as a whole. Absolutely, right? And I think the important thing is you'll you'll never get a yes if you don't ask, right? And and this is actually a really important exercise. Um, and I'll tell you a quick sort of uh, interesting exercise that we did during my, my MBA, and it was called a no exercise. And the objective is actually to for things that you think someone will say no on, go ask and see if you'll get no's. And you know, the goal was to get 10 no's, um, and you'll realize how hard it is to actually have people tell you no on something. And so you'll get all sorts of stuff. People will help you with all sorts of things. You can even get all sorts of free stuff. Like there's lots of uh, interesting stories uh, that came out of this. Um, but the important thing is like to just ask and, and people are willing to help and, and be part of that journey. And if they're not, keep asking, right? And, and, and you're the only person at the end of the day that can control your own destiny. And so the kind of like the thing that most of us don't realize is we should just generally ask and and give back to the mentors so not only not only just ask for advice but also try to give back since you know kind of like we're just generally taught in kane as well just if you're like helping somebody you know you should just generally give back to the people that have been giving you value that's the the kind of motto exactly right and and the easiest way is just say like what can i do to help you or what are some things i can try to help with right or what are some challenges that you're facing and and very quickly, I mean, the, these will sort of emerge as, as, as clear things that you'll be able to, to help with. Now, I think overall for kids my age, one of the, one, 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 one of the things that we, like we might, take into, or might take into account is like the downside of things. Generally, when you like ask all these things to different like mentors or when you're like always asking for advice from mentors to try to gain these like entrepreneurial journeys there's definitely been so many stories where like, entrepreneurs have tried like really really hard and then there's been like that da- there's been downsides how do we mitigate those downsides like make sure that they're not there other than like the things that you've talked about so other than having an advisory board and other than having like that passion are there any other ways that we can mitigate the downside towards the entrepreneurial journeys that some of us might take in the future yeah so so it's a good question and, and there's a couple of, of parts to this right so one, of course, learning from, you know, other people around you, other advisors, learning from people that are the best in the world, you know, read books that, that they've written, uh, watch sort of videos and things that, where they've talked about these challenges or articles, et cetera. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's just your perspective as well. I mean, I, I sort of look at all of these as, as learning opportunities and, and failure is inevitable. Like every single person has failed at something, right? And it's all part of a journey of, learning from it and then continuing and, and changing and adapting how you're approaching it and then looking to, you know, find new ways of approaching that problem or solution. Or maybe it's a different problem or solution in the future, but you're going to learn from all of those experiences. So it's all part of the journey, right? And so being comfortable with failure, I think, is a very important aspect. And it's going to happen to you regardless if you're an entrepreneur, you're in the corporate world, or anything else. And I think the best quote I, I've, uh, I've heard on this actually, and I'm going to completely mess it up, so don't quote me on this, but J.K. Rowling um, actually talks uh, and says that, you know, essentially, in a nutshell, if you don't actually experience failure, you fail by default because that means you essentially haven't taken risks. And so, you know, taking risks and getting out of your comfort zone is, you know, 
it's fun and it's 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 part of the experience and it's how you're going to learn and develop and you know you should actually in my opinion be 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 failing at things cuz that means you're actually going out of the box and learning from it and of course you want to not take unnecessary failures where possible and you want to learn how to deal with it and how to bounce back from it and how to come back stronger and that's all part of you know building your resiliency to be stronger faster better as you move forward i think overall those are generally all the things that i wanted to talk about if i were to kind of sum this up for somebody my age let's just say i don't know the entrepreneurial journey i don't know the passion i want to take the direct next action item would be just identify a bunch of problems within the world and if i also just don't know what i'm passionate about talk to people because there really like is such minimal downside when talking to people so talk to people and also try to list out problems that I might have. And these are like the direct two action items I can take like literally right after listening to this that I could just go forward with and hopefully find something. Would you say that's like, that's a reasonable? Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a really good summary. Um, and, you know, as a, as a student, I think the important thing is just to continue to broaden your perspective, right? Learn from people that are the best in the world because that is, you know, the something that, that you can do that, you know, we couldn't do 20 years ago. And, and, and even for myself, we do it every day in our company and, and even in my personal life. And so that's something that, you know, we have access to in our, in our day and age that you should really be taking advantage of. And then how to apply those things and learn from those things and, and broadening your experiences uh, is just so critical. Um, and so just keep doing that and, uh, and, and just challenge yourself to learn new things. Perfect. Okay. I think that that's all I had on mind. Is there anything else you just generally wanted to add or anything else you wanted to end off with that you wanted to say? So, so thank you so much for, for taking the time and always happy to share insights and be able to, to help, uh, you know, the, the, the generation, the younger generation, our community. And uh, I'm not that much older, uh, hopefully. Uh, hopefully you don't think so. And so please do feel free to reach out and always happy to, to see how I can help. Thanks so much, Ali Malavji, for coming. We really appreciate it. And to any of the viewers watching, you can check out more episodes of Careers of the Future on Dia Smiley. That's it for now. See ya. Thanks for listening to Careers of the Future. For more episodes of Careers of the Future, visit the.ismiley or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform.